Football, baby! It's that time, Travis. It is the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast, and I am your host, Dustin Blanton, along with my co-host, Travis Masterson. We are finally into the thick of it. It is time to recap a full week slate of fantasy football and NFL football. There were, gosh, there's just so much to talk about. We have so much to cover, man. And look, regardless of record, regardless of how I did fantasy-wise, I'm just glad football's back. Plenty of, of heartbreaking things to talk about this week. We had a fun uh, Monday night game last week, or last night, I should say. But more importantly, Travis, how are you doing? You had a pretty good week of fantasy, or so I've heard. I had a great start. I expected going into Monday night to lose four or five, I think five more games than actually happened. It was mm-hmm. one of those nights where you need like 17 from one guy, but he can't have 19. And uh, it was right in that sweet spot window in five leagues. So must be nice. It turned into a 20 and nine start. And I can't complain with that. Rashad sure. Penny needed one more yard to beat me and they decided to kick it and they missed it. And that was the game. And I appreciate Brandon McManus. Uh, if he makes that and they come back in, dump it to Penny, I could lose. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a great week. We saw some unfortunate injuries. We'll get into that, but For overall, sure. man, Sunday was fun. It it was there's something different about having Sunday ticket and you're clicking between games, watching all your guys versus the preseason and talking all off season. Now we get to see what's actually happening. So it was very nice sure. to uh, to sit there on Sunday and do that. Yeah. Yeah, getting all the games, get uh, force feeding it into your eyes. I love it. That's that's what I'm here for. Let's uh, let's start the show off right though, Travis. About well, apparently with what we got wrong a whole bunch because a lot of, let's a lot quickly it. recap our big picks from last week. Um, we went a total one for eight. <laughs> now, Beautiful. for those of you who aren't familiar with what our big picks kind of are, we pick four picks each week of players we think are going to outproduce their projection by five points or more. And the only player that we got right through the both of us were, or was Michael Pittman. He, I, I got it. I got the projection pretty close on the money, you know, right, uh, right where it was supposed to be. And that, that felt okay. But missing everyone else, Russell Wilson, if you watched Monday's game, you know that that was a struggle to to pay attention to, and Russell Wilson did not look super comfortable against his former team. That was a loud, loud stadium. But Cole Komet obviously doing nothing. Joe Mixon had a decent game but didn't outperform his projection. And you were introduced to Kyler Murray being on your fantasy roster for the first time starting a season, Travis. And I have have quite a bit of Kyler Murray this year. And I I tweeted, I think, at halftime or maybe in the third and said – is this what Kyler Murray, what owning Kyler Murray shares is like? You right. just, you watch it and you think, what was I thinking? And then the game's over and he still had 20. So 
Yeah. We've seen a few people out there saying, you know, Trey Lance's floor, this was a floor game and it was nine. Well, I think this is Kyler Murray's floor game and it was 20. So I think they're Oof. a different type of player. And I think Kyler Murray is elite. I projected, I, know, I projected um, 60 rushing yards in this one. He had 30 in the first quarter and I thought, <laughs> here we go. Here comes yep. the 60. It always seems that way. I think he finished with 29. So <laughs> that was uh, that was tough to watch. That that is rough. But yeah, like I well, said, don't Bra- worry. Brandon McManus bailed Kyler Murray out. On your your projections get better. You yes. you uh, also picked Elijah Mitchell. Not your fault, but uh, the perpetually... I got a bailout from an injury there. I think he was on the, he was on pace. He had 41 rushing yards in sure, the first half. Sure. But can you really ever call a San Francisco 49ers running back on pace when you know that somewhere down the road they're going to kick a Lego and be out? You uh, know, like I mean, week one, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't project an injury week one, but sure. Yeah, like he, had 40, he had 41 yeah. midway through the second. He was on pace for the 100 and probably a score in the rain, but we'll never right. know. Elijah Mitchell, we'll talk about him in a bit too. Adam Thielen, I was wrong on this one. Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson torched them. They did not need much Adam Thielen. And finally, Zach Ertz. I think Zach Ertz had 11 or 12. He hit his projection right on the money. I said Mm -hmm. five over his projection. It did not happen. Right. Zach Ertz did not kill you. I bet he was probably a top 10 tight end on the week. But he was not a big pick by the definition. No. No, he was not. We also had our quick hitters as well. We picked some over-under stats. Of course, Matt Ryan was outproduced by the QB3 on the week in Carson Wentz. These went much better. I think we should say who did what here. <laughs> yeah, the players <laughs> played for sure. We both played. Uh, we, we both picked Russell Ga- or, uh, Julio Jones over Russell Gage. That went well. We both picked the under on uh, Kyle Pitts having 75 total yards. That went well. Way under. Um, Way Olave and... Landry were our picks for the Saints target and yards leader and Landry Landry got the targets right Travis so good job on that one and Damian Pierce I picked the over just to be contrarian you picked under good job on that one 39 and a half yards is that line that just looks so low like if I were to pick that right now I'd probably say over but oh my gosh for sure Rex Burkhead starting running back for the Texans yeah, he he played a lot. Um, he played a lot of of snaps. He played just all game, so it was tough. It was tough. Uh, not what you want to see if you were hyping up Damian Pierce and taking him in the sixth round, fifth round, like I saw in those you know later drafts right up up until the season. So maybe um, maybe better times are are coming towards you, but probably not this next week with the Broncos in town. Um, there, but you know what? You you've got hope. You've got hope. He's he's gonna set you up hopefully for some success. Unlike a few guys who were very unlucky on the field, we've already t- already talked about one of them. Womp you know, womp. for these guys, it's it's less of a it's not so much a goodbye as it is a I'll see you later. And we're talking about injuries. You know, it's the unfortunate truth, the unfortunate fact of football that is a dangerous game and you are you know you're going to face injury from time to time you have to kind of adapt on your fantasy roster but some decently high picks were taken out um taken away from us and you know by default you know like Dak Prescott good example here he is out for if you want to take Jerry Jones word for it he's going to be out for you know four weeks he'll be back in five weeks 
if that's what you want, I don't know because Travis, I'll, I want to ask you this. Are we potentially looking at a scenario like we saw with Russell Wilson in his mallet finger last year where he gets a surgery to stabilize it and then he's just not the same. He can't execute the same. Granted, this is a little bit different injury as a fractured thumb, but it's on his throwing hand. And we have high hopes for this offense. In particular, the storyline of CeeDee Lamb becoming the overall wide receiver one or at least a top five wide receiver. Where does this leave you in feeling for the Cowboys right now? Obviously, CD's projections and claims of being in that elite category are now off the table. It's unfortunate. It's nobody's. Yeah. I mean, it's something you can do about it. It's not a right or wrong take, but he sure didn't look great. Well, it wasn't even him. I mean, the Cowboys offense looked terrible, so maybe it right. is kind of a bailout from those takes, but you're not selling CD Lamb unless somebody believes that CD Lamb will continue to be himself um, and offers you a very good deal. I'm holding CD. I tweeted earlier today. I think Cooper mm-hmm. Rush. I, I think I said he slept on, not meaning like Cooper Rush is a top 25 or top 20 sure. fantasy quarterback, but Cooper Rush is right. good enough. Living in Dallas, I've, I've watched enough Cowboys, and I know that Cooper Rush is kind of like an Andy Dalton. Like he can he can support one wide receiver to have wide receiver one numbers. I sure. think CD Lamb. If Cooper Rush locks in on him, he has all week in practice to just figure out how to get CD Lamb the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I so still, if, I yeah. still think he's a top twenty guy. If someone offers you like Amon Ra, okay, or Christian Kirk, I'm just looking down the list. If someone offered you like Terry McLaurin for CD right now, are are you taking those guys um, Man, over tough. CD? That's tough. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where I mean. Look, anytime probably, there's an entry, you're. You're yeah, looking probably. at the yeah. look, all of them. You're you're taking Kirk. You're taking Amra. I think I I think I take Terry and I think I would take Amra. I don't know that I, I could, would take Kirk yet, but sure. He's he's on one of the segments coming up. Christian Kirk had a great showing week one, so yeah, that's a very tough question. I think we need to do some digging and see. And maybe put out a I mean, little, an article on what are you doing with CD Lamb? Sure, I mean, but that's that's just something that people are facing right now. You know that anytime there's injury, there's opportunity, and people are sharks. You know, so they're going to be coming after CD with those those you know not sketchy offers, but things that make you really have to question how much you like CD. So you know, stay strong. We'll cover it. You know, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Losing Sucks, and we'll be we'll be talking about it on there as well, putting out some information. Uh, the next guy, um, pretty pretty uh important part of a high-powered offense in the past and you know we were pretty surprised to see him out there and doing so well week one in Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off that ACL he looked good you know playing he was pretty quick explosive even and then it happened you know you have the the leftover effects of that ACL surgery you see a lot of hamstring issues granted he was put in a particular you know a particularly difficult situation trying to turn back for that ball extending that right knee and then you know having to compensate where maybe that's just too far outside the realm of his abilities right now so he's going to be out for a little bit with a hamstring strain and but this we're going to see i mean this is why you and i both said i don't think godwin is godwin until week four to six Sure. And they rushed him back. 
for sure. They're like, he can run. He, like, timeline-wise, that was yeah. so fast. And Take the brace off, and he can go on the field. It was with it was a matter of weeks. The brace comes yeah. off. He's ready to go. So yeah, it's unfortunate to see with Godwin. I actually traded away Godwin in my home league um, on Wednesday, I believe, or maybe Thursday before Thursday night game. I traded Godwin for Lazard. And oh, then okay. Lazard was ruled out, and I was like, "Oh of gosh!" Course. And then we watched the first couple snaps, and and Godwin has forty yards, and I'm thinking this is going to be the worst trade of the year, and it were week one. So, uh, yeah. Lazard should be coming back. Lazard's injury, he got stepped on. It wasn't like he had a, an actual rolled ankle or something. He, his foot got stepped on. And it was just too painful mm-hmm. to play. But he should be back this week. Sure, I'm. Mean, let's let's hope uh, because that's another offense that really. You can't ask for much less from the wide receivers. That game could have been so different if Watson catches that one ball. For sure. We'll get to that. That's a a matchup I want to talk about later. Uh, Another guy that we want to talk about, similar in stature and importance to an offense as Chris Godwin, and that is one Keenan Allen was lighting the Raiders on fire. Going four for 64, looked unguardable as he normally is, just favorite target of Justin Herbert, and then comes up with a hamstring. You knew it as soon as you saw it, mid-route, grabbed that hammy, and he was done. And you know what? We're we're kind of waiting to see. We don't think we're going to see him this Thursday against the Chiefs, but there may be his hope that he'll return in a few weeks. But, Travis, this is one of the things that you look for in – in a an early season, you know, event like this, where this could you're talking hamstring. If they don't rest him right, if if he rushes back too much, this could this could affect him the entire season. So, not what you want to see for a guy you probably had to take in the third round. Yeah, I'm I'm actually not too concerned with Keenan. I think it's probably two to three weeks. He's had hamstring issues in the past. Um, I was watching something on from the fantasy doctors. From Jesse over there, who we met at the um, at the, the expo. expo, and he showed some stats of Keenan Allen's previous injuries, especially soft tissue, and it's always been one to two weeks. He's never missed more than two weeks at a time. So, I sure. think Keenan knows his body well. He's a vet. He's been through this before. He won't rush back, but I think two weeks is probably a pretty safe number. It's it, it's not like they came out and said he tore it. It's going to be a while. They it, sure. it'll be week to week. We'll see. Uh, we already talked about He's a bio, Elijah. Actually, I, I think Keenan's a Keenan Allen. Yeah, he, people might freak out on him. Interesting. All right, I have to have to keep an eye on that. Elijah Mitchell, we already covered. He's on IR, out for the next six weeks, so or four weeks actually might be, but he is regardless out for at least the next month, and so get well soon. Jeff Wilson, maybe a guy. I, I, he's not a not a guy I'm really looking to heavily target on the waiver wire. But I, I am. I, I feel I'm not. hundred uh, percent not. Uh, I'm not don't. saying like sixty percent of your budget, but especially a non-budget yeah. where you just have waivers, I think you should definitely be the number one. I wouldn't blow a priority on him. I, I wouldn't. Really? No, because it's the, look. Tell me, tell me who it is. Is it Jeff Wilson? Is it Tyrion Davis Price? Is it Jordan Mason? We don't know. And with with as much turnover there is, I'm just gonna wait. I'm just picking up that second guy, Jordan Mason, probably, and not burning a priority waiver spot. And take it from there because we've seen year after year after year now yeah. where it's these 
irrelevant guys at the start of the season now have a prominent role. So not gonna not gonna be burned five times. So yeah, I, I think. But if you have guys like James Cook and Mike Davis, guys that you were hoping for week one, and sure. they're clearly not gonna get enough work. I'd much rather have Jeff Wilson. So you might yeah, as if you're well really for thin, like that. Sure. Then yeah. yeah, you could do worse. There's I mean, if you know, Rex Burkhead isn't out there, then sure, go ahead and grab Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Um but you know what? Elijah Mitchell broke your heart. Some guys taking your breath away. Let's talk about them both, Travis. All right. Let's talk about our guys that really took our breath away in the first week. Okay, Travis, who were some guys that really did well, that really surprised you, and you're, you're loving what you're seeing? Breathtakers, number one, A.J. Brown looked like an absolute monster. I watched this entire game. It was one of the two that was on TV. Um, and DeAndre Swift on one side, A.J. Brown on the other. They were the clear stars of this game. Ten catches on 13 targets for 155. There is no Alpha 1A, 1B going on here. He is the clear top dog. A.J. Brown looking like a huge steal in the third round. Some people got him in the fourth round, depending on your league. He's going to be around that top five. I I mean, you got Jefferson, Cup, Chase, Diggs, and A.J. Brown. Yeah. Who else? With with C.D. falling out, maybe Devontae Adams is right there, too. Um, Sure. So, yeah, top five to six for A.J. Brown. Carson Wentz, well, 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 Mr. Ben. Week one, your QB three with 312 yards and four touchdowns. Thank you, yeah. Carson Wentz, for validating an offseason of supporting you. Matt Ryan has some catching <laughs> yeah. up to do already, or Ben will be shaving his legs. We'll see if he holds that, if he, uh, if he holds that bet and pays the due when the time comes. Finally, Kareem Hunt, 15 touches, 72 yards, two touchdowns. Hunt is an every-week starter, especially in PPR formats. They want him to get the ball. It is not a handcuff situation. We have known this. He's a huge part of that offense. He's the number two option there. It is Chubb number one, Hunt number two, everybody else three, especially when all they really want to do is control the game and run the the ball. So, yeah, Kareem Hunt is... Let's just put it this way. Going into week two, I am starting Kareem Hunt over Alvin Kamara until I see what the Saints are doing with Kamara. Whoa. Yep. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's that's spicy. I, oh, goodness gracious. What are you doing? I don't know that Kareem. these are the same Saints. I, Alvin Kamara is great, but this could be that... a different offense. Nine carries. I don't think that they're just going to say, here, Alvin, do everything for us. If everybody's you healthy... Don't think... James you don't, you don't think he gets out. more than nine carries? I think he will. I think he will. But um, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt looks so good. Well, sure, against the Panthers. But yes, like, come on. Who Kareem did the Falcons Hunt have? I mean, who did, who did the Saints have? They had the Falcons. Sure, absolutely. But I'm I'm talking it up to Week One. I'm still. I mean, Alvin Kamara does not have a Nick Chubb problem. You know, Alvin Kamara is going to be there. He has a Taysom you know, the... Hill problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you just say he has a Taysom Hill problem? Um, what? Let me, let me, can I, can I give you a little bit of reasoning behind There's Kareem no Hunt? reasoning. You're just going to be spewing nonsense on this show. Just oh, my hear gosh. Me with an, hear me with open ears here. Okay. Yeah, go Kareem ahead. Kareem Hunt yeah. 
versus Garbage. the Jets week two. Sure. Alvin Kamara versus the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. who we just saw absolutely bottle the Cowboys. Yes. I prefer Kareem Hunt versus the Jets. Tampa I, is the best run D in the league, period. When those two linebackers are healthy, they're all over you. I don't I just don't like the matchup for Kamara. I'm okay sitting stars if my other option, like Kareem Hunt, has the Jets. I could be wrong. <sighs> I can always I don't be wrong. Oh man. I if you watch the Cleveland game, you're thinking they want him to touch the ball a lot. Fifteen touches week one. Alvin Kamara versus the Bucks. No thanks. That's just I don't know, man. You just said he has a Taysom Hill problem. Like I don't I it does not compute. Who had more fantasy points? Oh, get out of here. How get, could Taysom Hill have more rushing yards and points than Alvin Kamara? I, he does. He does. He's going That's, to have a role and he got goal line. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. It's and annoying. Many, it's going to be annoying. I'm not saying I'm Alvin Kamara's you, look, I'm value not on saying, the season is diminished. I'm not si- Sure. But I'm not si- like I, the, if you want to talk weekly, like you, you would, you might rank Kareem Hunt over over Alvin Kamara, which I still think is bonkers. I, I, he, I understand what you're saying. I could be talked into this week. Okay, but that's all I'm whole, saying. <laughs> not, but this whole like this, this whole long. I need to see it from Alvin Kamara. I no, you don't. He's not some. He's not Damian Pierce. He's not someone that I, just I need. Know. I need him to prove it in this in this offense that he can play. Alvin Kamara can play in every any any offense in the NFL. They just played like, one of the worst teams in the league, and they had no priority to get Alvin Kamara the rock. So I, it's week I don't one, want though. any it's part week of going one. against Tampa's run D. It's I really week don't. Week one, there's gonna be guys like there's good. It's narratives are gonna change. You know, it's it's okay. It's Speaking okay. Speaking of Taysom Hill, um, third highest tight end owner percentage in best ball for yours truly is Taysom Hill. That's a good way to make money right there. He's a cheat code. He is he a is. cheat. He is a cheat code at tight end. Um, Dusty. All right. So. Let's move on. My breath Let's takers have clearly taken your breath away. <laughs> Absolutely. I need to catch my breath. Let's talk about the guys that I found to be breathtaking as well. Um, we'll start with none other than the king himself, Patrick Mahomes. Now, I don't I, I don't want to play the uh, the easy card here. We all know Patrick Mahomes is good, as well as my other um breathtaker as well justin jefferson but patrick mahomes came out and absolutely shut people up myself included okay i was worried i was worried about these chiefs i was you know i had questions i knew patrick mahomes was good but you know the narratives the this division is (laughs) this division it gets me every time this division has grown this division has been in the gym they're working out (laughs) Devontae adams you know this Pass, pass rush, Khalil Mack, all these other teams. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I, I forget. I get caught up in narratives. He, the dude went out there, you know, granted, it's against an absolute Swiss cheese, but you have to against bad defenses. He put up 30 for 39 and 360 yards, not even counting the touchdowns that he threw. And the dude just looked magnificent. This offense is a problem because you do not know who you have to cover because he can throw it to absolutely anyone. The next guy that I want to talk about 
is a rookie. He kind of took your breath away from how much he was targeted in meaningful situations by Carson Wentz. And I'm talking about Jahan Dotson. This is a guy that we see it. We've seen it the last few years, and I loved him coming out of college. He reminded me so much of Deontay Johnson. Jahan Dotson is useful all over the field. He just gets open, and he's so dynamic. He has a role all over the field. And as you've seen in this game, he was targeted more than Terry McLaurin. He was targeted more than, I think it was Antonio Gibson as well. He is is their, their, you know, Carson Wentz's, you know, uh, new shiny toy yeah. this year. And granted, I'm not saying this offense is going to blow the doors off the NFL, but you're looking for, especially in deeper leagues where you have to start maybe a flex at times, or if he, if he's on your waiver wire, pick this dude up. He's going to be valuable. Um, you know, wide receiver twos on, on decent offenses, they can be productive. Do you feel Speak- like it, it could be yeah. a one of those situations where – it's hard to know. It's kind of like a roulette situation. You're like, okay, Dotson, I'm plugging in there, and then it's Samuel, and then you plug Samuel in, and it's Terry, and then you're, sure. you know, it's, and then all of a sudden it's Logan Thomas, and it's Gibson. Like, yeah, is there enough of a reliability there for you with what you saw week one, or do you want to see it over two to three weeks? I I want to see it more now. I I'm excited about his production here. I love the two touchdowns, but. Touchdowns are fluky. I'm not sitting. He, he had five targets. Okay. I'm not sitting here saying this is the, you know, he's going to be Deontay Johnson. I'm saying he is someone you can be excited about and look for scenarios where he's going to be useful. Whereas like if Terry McLaurin comes up lame and has a hamstring or Curtis Samuel has been fragile the last few years, look for scenarios where Jahan Dotson will gain value because he will. And yeah. second half of the year you know, he could have a, a, a good role on this team. And I'm just saying, stash him if you can, because he's going to get better and he's going to be used in this offense. They took they t- much like you could take with, uh, with Chris Olave. He, they took him in the first round. They wanted this guy on their team and they want to develop him. So I, I like John Dotson again, stash and, and, and hope for down the road. One guy you don't have to wait for production on though is Justin Jefferson and this Vikings offense. If you watched this game against the Packers, you saw a modern up-tempo and most importantly, a spread offense where you've got Justin Jefferson lining up all over the field. Travis Jair Alexander wasn't on him for whatever reason, most of the game, but even on the routes where he was covering him, he was cooked and Justin Jefferson just made people look silly worth every dollar. Every every single penny that you know you're gonna pay that man, Justin Jefferson is that dude. You know the, the announcers were like, throws it over the middle, and oh my god, how is he so? <laughs> yeah, open? I was like, no I remember way. I was watching that and I saw that. I'm like, how? Like, there's one guy on the field you have to cover. <laughs> yeah. How do you miss that guy? And this offense, time. you know, you didn't see a lot of production from Adam Thielen, um, Dalvin Cook wasn't a guy that you know lit the world on fire he's gonna have games as well though but this offense is super exciting and they that's why the entire vikings offense is my breathtaking performance of this week but everything isn't always rosy in the nfl travis there are guys that underperform there are guys that fall short of our expectations and just absolutely break our heart who are some players that broke your heart this week travis man 
I feel like there's so many that you just hype up all off season and you really yeah. want to do well. So let's see. I, I, where do I want to start here? I'll start with DJ Moore. I have some shares of DJ Moore in home leagues. Four touches for 50 yards and no touchdown is not going to get it done. This was one of those things where you saw the bomb from Baker and you're hoping is DJ Moore on the other end of it. And it's a two or is it, the, is it a three? Is it a two? And it's a three and it's Robbie right. Anderson and he's gone. However, yeah, I think, and, and a lot of that game was ugly, but Baker showed enough to where I feel like he's going to get that offense. He's going to get it done for DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. Those two guys are going to be just fine. Um, but yeah, four for fifty out of the gate—that's rough, especially right. because he's probably everybody's wide receiver that's too. Probably what you're gonna expect though with Baker at quarterback, unfortunately. Four for fifty. Yeah, four for fifty. You know, five for sixty-five, something like that. Like that's. that's I think kind. he's. I think on the season he'll average seventy-five to eighty. I think he's star- he'll, he starts to get it going. Again, if if know. that's if that's DJ Moore on the other end of that catch, this this whole conversation is so different. Sure, but because that's a sixty-yard touchdown, and that's what I'm saying. The offense has those plays there. DJ Moore is just as good at finishing a play like that, getting open. Yes, sure. he gets more coverage than than Robbie Anderson, but they'll find a way to get DJ the ball. He's he's an incredible talent. Austin Eckler, seventy-two yards, no touchdowns. That is not enough for a top five to eight overall pick against a Raiders defense that we didn't expect to be that good. They didn't look that great. Their defensive right. line is, is strong enough, but you need a lot more from your first-round pick. You're going to lose a lot of games if Eckler gives you close to what he did week one. Um, Aaron Jones is also in this section for me. Eight touches. Eight touches? Yeah. In a game they were trailing from the start? Impossible. Where was Aaron Jones? Hopefully he gets it going Sunday night at home against the Bears. And, Not uh, a Aaron Jones going to shut him down. Again, end of the first round, start of the second. Aaron Jones, if he gives you anything close to that, you're losing most weeks. A lot of people were able to match Eckler at the end of the first with Aaron Jones. That's that's an unfun week one. Finally, Mark yeah. Andrews, who I'm not worried about whatsoever. But, again, this is not what you paid for. And we warned Mark Andrews price is very high because of what happened over the last half of the year five catches for 52 yards outscored by 11 other tight ends this weekend that's going to be very frustrating if he does that in half of his games so well i mean to some if he was only outscored by 11 tight ends travis to some he (laughs) would be a tight end one i don't want to hear that so (laughs) five for 52 and no score is going to get you killed for what you paid for yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you get with the tight end, though. I mean, even one that's as integral to the offense as Mark Andrews is, you need a touchdown to yeah. really make that week worth it. Otherwise, it's just, you know, that's how fancy it goes. But you're he shouldn't require that. He should be a seven or eight catches for 75-yard guy. That's you what people so. bought. Him. That's what that's the price that they paid for him. Yeah. I, I, hey, I, I, I completely agree. You know, like you said, he... Where did he end up? He was, yeah, he's tied in 12, but you, you talked about, you know, another 20 yards, and he is the, you know, he's right up there, the the top 10, you know, top nine tight end. So could have made a little bit of a difference. 
The heartbreakers for me, though, Travis, I was not short of them at all. Mine um, start off with one Trey Lance. You watched him against my Chicago Bears in what was one of the ugliest fields I've seen, and I'm not talking about Justin in in the NFL this week or any time recently. Probably the worst weather I've seen in the game since that blizzard game against New England and Buffalo last year. Now, yeah, it was that was terrible. We saw that at like 10:30, and we texted each other and we're like, "No, right. Trey Lance, <laughs> Trey Lance." was playing on the same field as Justin Fields. I just want to I just want to throw that out there right now. Trey Lance went 13 of 28 for 164 passing yards, no touchdowns and an interception. Okay, not great. But don't worry, Travis. He has a safe safe rushing floor that he will save your week because he rushes for checks notes 13 times for 54 yards. Oh. If I could show you a list of all the quarterbacks who rushed for 13 and 54, none of these guys are are saving you, okay? Yeah. I don't want to hear the, oh, the field was bad, okay? You have what was supposed to be this awful Chicago Bears team. Granted, no one put up 50 points. You know, no one put up 20 points. But the... The Trey Lance truthers are out in droves because they're just trying to defend their boy, saying that Trey Lance is still going to kill it. And you know what? He still might. But these are the games why you draft a rushing quarterback to give you that that up to where you shouldn't have games like this. You know, they happen. You know, it's not super uncommon. But again the the narrative that was that Trey Lance gives you a safe floor because he's going to be rushing a bunch. That's not always the case. Like you said, he ran 13 times. You love to see it, but 54 yards isn't safe. Let me ask so, you this. Do you think we just saw the worst game of the season for Trey Lance because of the weather? I, I think there's a possibility, yeah. I think that I, think, I feel like we did. Yeah, this is definitely going to be I'd say it's probably 90% chance that this is the worst game save for a, you know, multi-turnover they can't keep the ball, and it's just awful. You see those games all the time as well. And and we saw Stafford go for single digits, Joe Burrow for yeah. ten, Tom Brady yeah. for eleven, Aaron Rodgers for single digits. I mean, it was it was an absolute shite show at quarterback all weekend. And sure. Trey Lance was just part of it. At least he has the weather to blame. Right. It's just fun to pile up on Trey Lance because he's so polarizing. Sure. Right. The next guy shouldn't have had the week he did, especially with Keenan Allen missing time. And Mike Williams, man, what is this? What is what is this box score? Four targets, two receptions, and ten yards. It's like, okay, Keenan's gone. I'm out too. You that know, really I don't, hurt. I don't feel like playing well right now. And then DeAndre Carter's like, I'll play, I'll play, I'll catch balls. Yeah. yeah. And then Mike's like, yeah, me and Jordan or Joshua Palmer are gonna sit over here and just kind of chill. It, it was weird. I mean, they still won the game. The 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 Chargers are, you know, going to be fine probably. I mean, Austin Eckler, you had Gerald Everett sightings, which is just killed me as well. Yeah. But Mike Williams, four for or four targets, two receptions, ten yards, nothing else. You really hope that that changes next week because this is a guy you probably spent a third, fourth round pick on. I was and- so excited to get as many shares of Mike Williams as I did. Hopefully, I mean, he has to turn it around, especially with no Keenan. That had to be a fluke, right? Yeah, you would would hope so. It 
especially coming up um, this next week against Kansas City, th- that's a guy you're going to want. And in what should be probably a high-scoring matchup, Mike Williams is a guy that I'm still going to have confidence in because they're going to need somebody. It's not just going to be DeAndre Carter. Yeah. Another guy. This one hurt, Travis. This one hurt because I wanted to believe that this could be his backfield right out of the gate. I'm still holding out hope, but Travis Etienne showed me showed me some. Okay, he showed me flashes, but I need more. I need more from the coaching staff. I need more production. I need more opportunities for him because he had, you know, four rushing uh, opportunities and he ran for 47 yards. It's a good clip. But then he saw four targets, caught two of them for 18 yards. He, you know, should have had a touchdown on one, but was overthrown, and and that that kind of hurts as well. But yep. watching the game, this is a guy that is explosive. He is electric. He you saw it. That. I was like, I I was texting you saying, why is James Robinson getting all the work? Where, where yeah. is Travis Etienne? Every time he touched the ball, he looked great. James James Robinson, it's wild because. He, you you hear the Cam Akers narratives, you know, the torn Achilles, the this guy shouldn't be good. No way that James Robinson can be back. James Robinson was never an explosive guy. He's just a guy that could run and he's he's big enough to, to, to handle the, the workload. It's a long season, so I'm not going to run it past anything happening. But right now it looks like they want James Robinson to have the ball and for where I drafted and where a lot of people drafted Travis Etienne, you're hurting right now. You that know? is going to suck if this continues. Yeah, it's going to suck. It's it's even worse than the DeAndre Swift, you know, Jamal Williams narratives from last year. It's 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 a it's a full blown committee right now, and yeah, it, you hate to see it. Another guy that really broke my heart, and this is where you and I have kind of gone back and forth, Travis, is Kareem Hunt. He yeah. is one of my heartbreakers because yes, he had a great game. If you started him, but he has only started in 53% of leagues on sleeper and that probably sim- similarly started across other platforms. Kareem hunt had 19, um, standard points for us, but even better games, um, in other leagues, Kareem hunt, like you said, faces the jets. He'll be started sometimes over Kareem hunt or over, uh, Alvin <laughs> Kamara sometimes. But this is a guy that, as you should, I'll, where you drafted him, you probably felt that okay, maybe I have another flex guy. For me, it was Michael Thomas. I started Michael Thomas over Kareem Hunt in my flex, so it kind of worked out. But yeah. Kareem Hunt, a lot of people didn't start him, and they're feeling it. That you hate to see a bench party anytime you're playing fantasy. Another guy to wrap up our heartbreakers is none other than Kyle Pitts, going for seven targets two receptions and 19 yards that one hurts just like we uh, said you know you spent a third round pick probably to get this guy fourth round pick and that's a gut punch you know much like mark andrews you expected so much more from this guy he's and not getting a thousand yards i i don't know if i'm necessarily going to go that far but he's going to need a lot of help and <laughs> it's it's just it's tough it, it's really tough thank you jared um for for um feeling good about my pain it it, <laughs> it it feels good to see that i'm bringing joy to others uh but that's that's where i could leave it there at kyle pitts we have no need to pile on but i feel like better days are ahead for him 
and this just wasn't one of them. I don't necessarily think next week's going to be much better when he has to go up against the Los Angeles Rams. No, thanks. Nope. While we're talking about guys who are cold, Travis, can you give me two guys that you expect will stay cold heading into week two and beyond? I can. The first group of guys are the Jets wide receivers. I think it is going to stay very cold and very ugly for this group. Um, Yes, the Ravens are good. They're a great franchise, but what we saw from the Jets receivers is going to be a common theme over the first five to six weeks. This is not friendly. Zach Wilson out at least three more weeks. Then he comes back to a gauntlet. Listen to the next five or so games for the Jets. They've got Cleveland, who their D-line is just like the Ravens. They're going to get after you. Then they've got Cincinnati, uh, Pittsburgh, Miami, Green Bay, Denver. They're not winning any of these games. And the Uh, narrative could be, oh, they're coming from behind. And they're going to be force-fed, you know, for lack, their, for lack of a better term, they have to get them the ball. Sure, they do have to, but you're trusting an old Joe Flacco to get these receivers the ball. Elijah Moore, somebody that I, I had quite a bit of until pretty late in the offseason, and his price still stayed so high, and I was able to move him for guys like another underperformer, Devontae Smith. But mm-hmm. I like the talents. Both of those receivers are good receivers. I say this all the time on the show. It is not their fault. It's going to be a rough first half of the year for the Jets receivers. Maybe one of them is a buy low. Um, I, maybe if you could get Elijah Moore after week four or five before the, the schedule gets a little lighter and Zach Wilson's right. back and rolling, that's probably a good a good guy to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, second is Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson. 10 touches, 27 yards. Next three games, Steelers, Ravens, Packers. Two of those on the road. No, thank you. I do not like what we saw from New England. Damian Harris is the clear one there. Ramondre Stevenson is not going right. to get 50% of the work like a lot of people had hoped, especially in the, right. the Twitter community. People just jumped on this Ramondre train that was created on Twitter. Damian Harris is the one you want. I'm staying away from Stevenson. He is not a buy low for me after a, a bad week one. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll keep it going on this ice cold train. My cold player that I think is going to stay cold this week is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. Um, we don't need to mention which team he's on. We just need to talk about who he's facing, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. They're not exactly the world beaters of the run game, but he is facing um, a team without his quarterback. He is going to be going in most likely with Cooper Rush. A lot of stacked boxes. This is a team that you know pretty much kept the Steelers in check as well. So I don't expect a lot of success, especially after losing their their left guard and still dealing with a backup left tackle. And I'm just I, I think it's going to be a struggle to move the ball on the ground. They are going to feed him quite a bit, but I don't necessarily know that it's going to be a lot of effective use, or especially for where you were drafting him. It, you're you might want to look elsewhere. Honestly, if you have Kareem Hunt and you have Ezekiel Elliott, I'm probably playing Kareem Hunt over Zeke. My yeah. next is probably going to be a little bit controversial, but shouldn't be. Derrick Henry over um, against the Buffalo Bills. I think he's going to have another ice-cold matchup. The Giants did an okay job of of stopping him. You know, saw that one highlight of the, the defender de him a little bit. 
and you don't see that large of a man flying through the air too often, but he's facing Buffalo, and Buffalo showed out against the Rams. Sure, they had some success on the ground, but I think that they're going to come ready. I believe this game is in Buffalo, and it's it's just not good. Yeah, it is in Buffalo. I don't see the, the Titans having as much success, if that's what you want to call it, against the Bills' defense, a, a unit who I think is probably tops in the league. Yeah. So we'll see. Derrick Henry is a man amongst boys, but I think this one is a game where we can expect to see him be brought back down to earth. Buffalo is Let's, coming for people's throats every For sure. Week. <laughs> they want that title, <laughs> yeah. and they're they're not going to stop till they get it. Rolling right along, though, Travis, conversely talking about some guys that we think are going to get hot, hot, hot. I'll lead it off with my number one guy, a guy that I'm happy to see back in the fold. It's none other, none other than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He gets the Chargers who give up enough, running, uh, enough rushing yards. Um to to feed a whole team and Clyde Edwards Alaire shows that he is actually the guy in this backfield. You know, Isaiah Pacheco wasn't much of a threat until it got into garbage time. Jarek McKinnon really only receiving some receiving work. Ronald Jones wasn't even active for this game. So I think Clyde Edwards Alaire going to be a huge part of their game plan. They like to spread it out. I think he'll have enough running room to be a running back two for you, which is exactly where you you drafted him. Um, especially in a, a matchup where they're going to need him to score. Next one is Michael Thomas against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Michael Thomas looked like himself at times in that first week back against the Falcons. Now, the Tampa Bay defense is not the, the Atlanta Falcons defense, but he only played 61% of snaps and still pulled off a you know eight-target, five-reception, 72-yard performance along with those two touchdowns. I think he's going to be even more volume. And he's going to be using the red zone. I think there's going to be scoring opportunities. You know, you you brought up that they're going to stop the run. The pass is a different story. Decent um, defensive backfield, but Michael Thomas is a special talent. So I'm hoping that the talent and connection with Jameis Winston will continue to play out and grow. So I think Michael Thomas going to put up another borderline wide receiver one week here. All Who right. are your guys that you expect to stay hot this week? As we wrap this up here, um, Antonio Gibson stays hot. 21 touches, 130 yards, and seven catches. J.D. McKissick, only seven touches. This is Antonio Gibson's show. This is what we hoped for all offseason. Um, like we already, we already said, Brian Robinson not in the picture. Unfortunate for him. Very fortunate for Antonio Gibson and Antonio Gibson owners. This will continue. They've got the Lions, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Titans, and the Bears the next five. It is juicy. Gibson is nice. going to continue to get around 20 touches a game and be very reliable, I believe, is is a reliable top 12 running back over the first half of the year, hopefully beyond. Second, Christian Kirk, 12 target day, 117 yards. 12 targets is elite company. He is the clear number one option there. I think it continues. Um, for as long as Christian Kirk is healthy, they are going to pepper him with targets. That's why they paid him that money. So I think... If you have Christian Kirk, do not move him. Do not sell him high. Plug him and play him. He will be he will be very reliable. Twelve. You cannot argue with twelve targets. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. Uh, in an offense that definitely looked like it took a step up from last year, he's someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on. And you could even still buy low with yep. a big name who underperformed. So that's something I'm keeping an eye on as well. So make sure you watch that situation and watch that offense unfold. 
we got a week in the books, man. We uh, we covered it all. <laughs> um, that that felt good, man. That felt good. We've got another fun show coming up after uh, a couple days. We you know we're gonna have some. We have another guest coming up this week, Travis, and we got to prep for him in ten minutes. <laughs> in ten minutes. Um, but other than that, y'all, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. This has been Losing Sucks, and remember, losing sucks. Don't do it.